Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, my name is Bryce Watts, and this is the NF Ladies Podcast. This is a podcast where I talk exclusively to the women in the NFL to learn about how they navigate this life in the league. The players are always the ones in the spotlight, but I want to highlight the women who are the support systems behind the scenes. Let's do it. Welcome back to episode 26 of the NF Ladies podcast. I'm here with guest Nina Cole. Hello, Nina. Hello, Bryce. Thanks so much for having me. I'm pumped, man. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pumped too. I was excited for this one. Why don't you start off by telling us who your significant other is, how long you've been in the league, and what teams you have been on and are currently on? Of course. Um, So my significant other is my husband, Dylan Cole. He is a linebacker and plays special teams. Let's see. We have been in the league. He just completed his fifth season, which sounds crazy. Um, But yeah, we've been here five years or been in the league, I guess, five years. We were with the Houston Texans where I met you um, for four of those five years, which is pretty wild. It goes by quick. And then this past season, we were in Tennessee. We were with the Titans. I didn't realize because I was looking up stuff, you know, Wikipedia is the best place for us to figure out like where the heck our friends have been. Or I'm like, oh, I wonder because they have the dates for like when we left teams. And I'm like, I forgot when we went to a different team. So I go on Wikipedia to figure out when all this stuff happened. I have never heard of that. (laughs) I mean, I've heard I've heard of Wikipedia, but never thinking to like, look for updates and stuff like just for people like us. <laughs> I always do this. Like our friends sometimes, and I would do it like at certain points of time during off season where I would just have like tabs open of our friends to be like, oh, like, are they still on this team? Like, I wonder, cause nobody's going to be like, Hey, just got released from like the Titans gonna, gonna go and be a free agent now. So it's like, I don't want to text the wrong thing potentially. And then that's a conversation that sucks to have. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. I'm going to, I'm gonna have to put that in my back pocket. Oh, yeah. I totally look everybody up on Wikipedia because all these guys have Wikipedia pages, obviously. So I'm like, oh, I wonder where they've been, what I can ask them about. Hilarious. So as I was looking this stuff up on Wikipedia, I saw that you guys were undrafted, went to the Texans. And I know that when we were there that Dylan was struggling with some health complications. And from looking on Wikipedia, it says that you guys have been dealing with that kind of the entirety of your experience in the league. How, how has that been going through that process of coming back from injury, trying to get back on the field? Obviously for him, it's tough, but also for you coming back and being supportive, having to be supportive when I know he's probably in a bad mood and, and you're trying to like not release too much of what's happening, but still want to post things and show that you're supportive and happy. But like, you know, during that time, I, at least I know from our, us, like when we've moved around, you don't want to share anything and you don't want to post anything. So how has that been dealing with that? Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. So I think over the course of five years, if you had asked me like, you know, the first injury or at the beginning, I mean, his first injury, shoot, I believe it was his rookie season. Everything starts to mesh together. I should be looking at looking at <laughs> Dylan's Wikipedia too. But I think if you had asked me this question five years ago and then ask me it now, my answer would probably be different, as would Dylan's. Um, For starters, I think when you come into the league, and this is clearly an outsider looking in. We don't play football. It's our significant others. But you don't realize how, I hate to use the word common, but truthfully common injuries are amongst the guys. And it's really sad. But if we could have used maybe the people around us to lean on and to have conversation with and to just find common ground of, hey, okay, you know, these are the the things that you're going through mentally during this physical injury, um, it would have helped us. Obviously, (laughs) we have had a few injuries. And 
I like to say all good things come in threes. I don't know if you've heard that saying. We joke now and I'm like, okay, all bad things clearly come in threes too because (laughs) injury-wise he had three pretty significant injuries. Um, Backstory, I guess, for those who may not not know his injuries, he did tear a hamstring. He had a crazy dislocated wrist just on a tackle and then he tore his ACL. So um, those were his three bad things. And after the third injury, we had a lot of conversation, um, and really his, his mindset shifted to, you know, I don't want to play and act like scared or broken or hurt. If tomorrow's my last day of playing football, I want to do what I, I love, and it's to go out there, run around, hit people, and truly play football. And so I, if you would ask him that after injury number one, he'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. I've got to, you know, cater to this body part a little bit, or, um, just be a little bit more mindful of this, this injury. And now it's like, okay, I've rehabbed. I've done everything. I eat good. I sleep well. I work out. I'm just going to go and do what my body's done for the past 27 years on this earth. So, and that's really, I mean, that's learning your body too. And I think like in the league, obviously as an athlete, you grow up playing that sport. You don't just suddenly play the sport when you're professional, but learning how to navigate that in the league because it is so different. Like college to the NFL is significantly different. Like you said, everybody is dealing with an injury, but nobody puts it anywhere. Like you're not going to advertise that you're injured because, oh, what if the team sees it? What if a coach sees it? They're going to bring you in for a physical. You're going to tug on your your arms and your legs, which is something that I just realized that they did. Um with the combine and everything, like how intense it was. Cause Chad has a terrible memory. So we were talking to our friend and they're like, yeah, it was intense. And Chad's like, oh yeah, I do remember that. I'm like, you just blocked that part out. But yeah. That's really cool that he's found a way to say like without playing scared because he's like, there's nothing else I can do. I've done everything I can do. Not like, oh my gosh, is this guy, am I going to, am I going to hurt this again? And then maybe overcompensate on one side. And then that affects other things. And then, you know, it's not just your hamstring. It's also your quad because you're doing like something a little bit different. That's, that's really cool because I know that's difficult, especially coming from the athletic background and people I know who have dealt with injuries as well. Yeah, for sure. And you never know. I think it's, you go through this could be anybody for any job or anything that you do but you know you wake up and you go through the same motions and you just kind of fall accustomed to your routine and it's you don't take a second to really appreciate and just absorb whatever it is you're going through on a daily basis and that was a big thing once Dylan did get picked up this season he's like I want to wake up. I want to go to work. I want to embrace the meetings. I want to embrace the practice, the soreness, the days that maybe weren't the best. But every day that he's able to play football and live out his dream, he's like, that's a pretty good day. (laughs) And because I saw the things that you post on social media, obviously, just like everybody else and like the stuff that you did, like the vacations during off season. But we were released very close together. A lot of people were pretty much released from the Texans after they changed coaching staff. That's just how it works. And you, it took months for you guys to get picked up, I know. Um, and once you were picked up, you ultimately stayed there and were elevated and got to go into the playoffs. Like like you said, being able to look back and reflect, it, it turned out good in the end. But when you're doing that and seeing other people during season and looking at the game days and not being able to partake in the game days, like that is really hard. Like I wouldn't want to look at Instagram on Sundays, you know, cause seeing all the places that everybody was, I was back home living with my parents. Like it's a very different lifestyle than what we could have been doing. And then seeing you write that big post with like how the season has been is you're letting people into the world that nobody really knows about. Yeah, for sure. And I think Everybody has their own twist on, you know, social media. Yes, it's a highlight reel. Yes, we only, for the most part, post our good days. But I think if you find that, like, kind of sweet spot, at least this is me personally, you know, where people can see, like, okay, maybe they're just seeing these happy-go-lucky football posts and they're there, they're here, they're living their best life. It's like, yes, absolutely. We would want it no other way. But we are still real people. We do have real struggles and um, you don't post your worst days on social media. And I think, you know, we had even 
extended family who would reach out to us and be like, oh yeah, so he's going back to the Texans. And it's like, no, you know, he his contract was up. They didn't re-sign him. He had been let go. People had no idea that he had 11 workouts. And there are guys who have more than 11 workouts. You know, there's guys who are never on multiple teams. They stay with one team through their whole career. And that's that's a blessing in itself. But it's like, we don't go out and like boast about the struggles or the the hardships that we have. So it's like, here's a little glimpse just to remind you that there it, there are struggles that we have. And when you say 11 workouts, I have had a very similar and close experience with that as well. So when I saw that, I told Chad and I was like, holy hell, like they went on 11 workouts because when we were moving around in 2018, we were at the Jets and I would drive him to the airport in New York. Like that was 45 minutes away and then come back and then pick him up the next day if he wasn't signed. Same thing when we moved to Tennessee, went on several workouts, driving to the airport, pick him up. So that was also... Like, obviously, it was hard for him, but also you as well having to, like, I'm sure, make sure everything is cool at home, like, that you can do everything that you can, because when they're traveling, that's what they're focusing on. You know, like, that's their priorities. Okay, I'm going to work out here. Hopefully, I get signed. And, like, you can't really think, like, am I going to go home? I feel like you have to go in with a mindset, like, all out, this could be the place that I get signed, not like, oh, I wonder what Nina's making for dinner tonight. Because it's like, they're, the the your reality is only hours after that experience, like at the workout. Yep, for sure. And we, the first couple, we were like very, you know, you go through kind of um, peaks and valleys. Oh, I'm going to get a workout. It's going to happen, you know? Okay, well, first workout hits, didn't happen. Second workout, hey, you did great, but yeah, we're going to go a different route. Didn't happen. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you start to, I mean, we had conversations of, I don't being like, you know, I know I'm, I'm good enough. I'm athletic enough. I'm strong enough. I've rehabbed, but they like me, but this is holding them from signing me or this or that. And it's like the doubt kind of starts to set in a little bit. So I think that's where maybe significant others like you and myself, it's like, no, 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 no. You, you, you don't let that negative energy come in. <laughs> You've got it. You can do it, but you're completely right. We though, let's see. The workout that he had when he went to Tennessee, I'll probably never forget this. It was a Friday, and we were at the gym. I go to Cycle Fridays with my mother. It's at like 9.30, and he was going to go and do just uh, like a leg workout, I think. Well, I came out of Cycle to find him at the gym, and he's doing like oblique crunches. Okay, with You know, like he's holding a weight, doing like these feminine oblique crunches. And I walk up to him, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you <laughs> never work out like this. He's like, oh yeah, Tennessee called, I, I leave today. We go home, he packs his stuff, and I'm taking him to the airport. You know, like you're, you know what it's like on just a fly. You got to be ready to stop what you're doing, take them to the airport, possibly go and pick them up the next day and do it all over again. Lord knows when. So he didn't even come in to tell you he waited for you to come up to him? Yeah, he let me finish my workout. <laughs> I would be like, if you ever do this again and don't come up to me immediately, I'm going to be pissed. It's like when he has a phone call and hangs up and like doesn't immediately tell me, I'll just stare him. Like I, w- I want to see him do it, like initiate it. And if it takes him like two minutes, I'm like, dude, seriously? I just heard you go, oh, no way. Oh my gosh. Click. Silence. That's man. That is totally a man move. It's ridiculous. Like, I mean, you know who I am. Like, give me the information right away. I tell you everything all the time. Like, I have no filter. Please do the same for me. I need the information ASAP. Yeah, (laughs) I can picture that. That's wild. 11 workouts. Yeah. And like you said, it could be the totally different experience for people. Some people on the same team for like eight years I've seen. And then people who are moving around and on P-Squad and get brought up and last it wasn't last year. I think it's been for two years, right? Where they on practice squad, you're allowed to elevate, I think three times before they have to activate you. So you can be reverted back to practice squad. And even if you did play in a game, you might not be on the active roster still. So that was a new rule because of COVID. And there's a bunch of new rules because of COVID. And I think that's given teams like flexibility, but also because they can do that, that allows them to not have to bring anybody else in, you know, because if somebody's on IR or COVID reserve list, they bring up practice squad, put him back down, bring the guy up IR. So it's been really hard for people to even get workouts to begin with. It's been super difficult. So I'm sure that was also 
like when you got the first workout, you guys like, oh, wow, like this is the first one. This will be it. And then like things kept happening. And like you said, the doubt and like they're probably like, okay, they told me they liked me. Why aren't they signing me? So it's like they're saying one thing, but doing another. So then it's like, who do I trust if they are telling me this, telling the other coaches something different? So it's like a game. Like you have to play a mind game with yourself. And it's it's tough. It's tough. It's wild. I give him praise every day. I'm like, I... I know I travel with you, live with you, go through like the big motions with you, but I'm not the one who's, I mean, having to encounter face to face. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, you were almost there. Eh, maybe next time. Or you walk into work thinking, am I getting cut today? <laughs> am I going to stay another week? Are they elevating me? Am I staying on practice squad? You just, it's the uncertainties day in and day out, 365 years out of the day, you know? And I saw too in that post that you had also mentioned that you guys were sharing a rental car. And I think maybe from the outside people looking like they can afford two rental cars, like why would they do that? But you, maybe you sign a contract, you don't know if you're going to get that money. You know, it's not guaranteed. It's all up in the air. It's it's imaginary money, or maybe you're going to have, he's going to have to pick up and leave and you have to go get the car and you're going to return his car, but keep your car. It's just like so many things that come along with like those tiny things that I think people in the league would assume like people would take care of us when really it's like you sign a piece of paper and that's the transaction. Like there's no emotions for certain people in it. It's all like we're the ones who have to bear the brunt, the family, the wives, the significant others, the kids. And like actually trying to bring a real reality to the situation when nobody else will, it like makes you feel kind of isolated, especially if you feel like you're the only one going through that. Yeah, I can't agree more. And I always like shout out to anybody out there who's a freaking mother and has kiddos yes. because I am like, this is me and me alone. I I am fine to be by myself, to travel by myself, you know. But when you introduce like kids, especially young ones, I'm like, those women are freaking super, super human. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. So that's, I think everything is perspective based. We did share a rental car. We stayed in, let's see, a hotel, a short term, like a what are they called? Just like short-term rental, basically. Extended stays, yes. We did that. And then finally, I was like, I've got to cook food. I'm about to freak out. <laughs> so then we did Airbnb. But it, it is. It's just, it's different than what a lot of people see from the outside looking in. And I sound repetitive saying that. But I think between... Sometimes reality shows, you know, they, they show the best parts of professional athletes, particularly the NFL, because that's just what our experience has been. And we're very, very normal, I guess, like a typical just grown 26, 27-year-old couple <laughs> doing normal experiences, normal things, driving normal vehicles, like you know, we're not on any pedestal. We don't deserve any extra treatment or praise and this and that. And it's like, yeah, we, we shared a, we shared a rental car for however many weeks I was out there with them. Um, 14, I think maybe. Oh, wow. You shared it for that long. Oh yeah. The whole time that we were out there because the beginning, well, so he went out there after that workout that I was talking about when he left the gym, I took him to the airport. He signed to practice squad for two weeks. They released him and he came back home. Then they signed him back and then they elevated him. You know, the whole, I don't know all the details, like the correct ver like verbiage, but yeah. they elevated him, brought him back down and then ended up signing him to the 53. But when I went out there, we were like, okay, are you going to be here one week? Is this short term because of the guys who are on IR? Like, do we ship your car out here? Can't drive it from yeah. Arizona. That's like 30 hours. Yeah, the shipping the car is a whole nother deal. You talked about you and Dylan really being normal people and having fun and, and you know, being yourself and enjoying each other's company as well. Um, and I could see that in your Instagram stories. Your Instagram stories, I'm always showing Chad, like, look, he is doing silly things on camera. Like, why do you just like shut off whenever I try to film you? Like, 
I can't, can't we be fun? Can't we do fun things like this? But you guys seem like you have a very fun and loving and caring and like, like your friends, you're not just husband and wife, like you are actually best friends and you love each other's company. And it's really, it's nice to see. I know maybe people don't show it on social media, but they're like that way, but it's really, it's fun to see. Like it's very, um, heartwarming. Oh, you're sweet. Yeah. He's, he's my best friend. We're each other's best friend. Like we'll just, we belly laugh probably more than we should with each other, but, um, yeah, we just, we communicate, we try, I mean, every relationship has their, their days where maybe you do something yeah. stupid or irritate the person next to you. Don't take out the trash and I'm doing it at 6.30 a.m. because the trash man's <laughs> down the streets, run out there in my robe. But no, overall, um, we are definitely each other's little, little besties. Try to just keep things simple. Life is meant to be enjoyed. Life is meant to be simple. And I think we just, it's how we live. We try to. And I didn't even ask how you guys met. So how did you guys meet? So I met Dylan. Let's see. It was my freshman year of college. Him and I both went to Missouri State University. He obviously played football. I was on the swim and dive team. So it, <laughs> it was a Saturday night. The football team was hosting a, or no, no, no. It was like a Friday night. I don't know. It might have been a Saturday <laughs> after a game. It was definitely a Saturday night after a football game. One of the football guys hosted a house party. And so I'm a little freshman and went out with some of my teammates and girlfriends. And I saw Dylan like walking. He was like walking down the stairs and I was walking up and he was in this hideous, 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 hideous t-shirt that was like neon green and gray striped okay 2013 nasty colored shirt and I hit him on the arm and I'm like hey I really like your shirt <laughs> dumb move his shirt was disgusting but he like had this like persona I I don't even know what it was he also had like Pretty muscular arms, which is probably what stuck out to me, to be honest. I was like, ooh, he's cute and he's got like nice arms. Okay. And so he messaged me on Twitter. And from there, I was like, oh gosh, okay, this is kind of weird. You know, he's talking to me and just like wanting to get to know me. And he ended up asking me if I wanted to go and study at the library. Me being me, a freshman, I had yet to been to the library, which is probably embarrassing to admit, but I just always went to study hall. I never went to the library. So one, I thought he was joking. And two, I was like, of all places, the library. Sure enough, he like really wanted to study and to do homework. And I was like, a football athlete who's really smart and is like taking school seriously <laughs> who is this and I know that's judgmental I know that's terrible but that was really what was going through my head so we met um 2013 we didn't really start dating probably until I would say 2016 it was just slow we were just really good friends and we went on dates we got to know each other he wanted to pursue me more than I wanted to pursue him so it he had to try a little harder, but um, it came full circle. And if it wasn't for Missouri State, I probably would have never met him. He had to try a little bit harder so you didn't have to do any work. You're like, oh, this is nice. This is nice just getting to sit back and invited to library dates. <laughs> I say that. The tables did turn at one point <laughs> because then I was like pursuing him. And he's like, I already, you know, I tried for a year. Why Why did you not want to date me back then? Um, but... Yeah, no, he he was a smart cookie. He really enjoyed school. So I think that was just caught me off guard. He was unique in the best way possible. Yeah, and you being an athlete too, I know not even just in football, like the stereotype, like they just came there to play football, but all sports, you kind of have that person who just like came there to play the sport and is not super interested in an education. So how did he propose going from you guys flipping the tables, him going after you going after him, and then finally him going after you ultimately? How did he propose to you? Yes. So he proposed in 2019. We were home on his side of the family 
visiting in Springfield, Missouri. And we had actually just spent a couple days in Kansas City, Missouri, which is where I was from. And I thought by this point, you know, I was starting to be like, okay, you know, we've been together for a while. I, I've moved to Houston. I'm kind of, you can't do, I mean, you can do your own thing in life, but like football kind of trumps all. So you're either traveling with your significant other kind of at their becking call while still doing endeavors that are your own, but really not, you know, you know what it's like. So I'm like, okay, it's 2019. We've been together a while. I up and moved for and with you because I wanted to, but like, are we doing this? Are we not doing this? We had one conversation about getting engaged and that was it. Like I felt a peace of mind. I don't have to say anything else. And that conversation was in 2018. So finally rolling into 2019, it was February. I was like, okay, you know, we've got family we're going to see. And he knew I wanted my family for sure to be present just because I'm, I'm very close with my family. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we also have a vacation we're going on. So it's gotta be one of those two, right? Well, it didn't happen in Kansas City. The day we got engaged, I called my mom that morning. And I was like, I had a dream last night that we got engaged. And my mom's like, stop. Just who cares? Maybe it'll happen on vacation. (laughs) And I was like, okay, fine. Dylan and I went out to dinner. And we had a couple drinks, ate with his cousin that we're really close with and her husband. And we're going back just to have game night, which was not uncommon at all. With his family, we always do game night. Well, we were staying with his cousin. They drove separate. Once again, me being maybe naive, I didn't think anything of it. We stopped at the gas station to get a 24-pack of beer. Him or I do not drink beer, so that was kind of random. Looking back, probably should have raised a red flag, but it didn't. (laughs) We show up to his cousin's house, and he had, like, candles lit everywhere. He had a photographer and a videographer Caught me completely off guard. I had the leftovers, me being the foodie that I am, carrying the <laughs> carrying the leftover <laughs> food in, like, okay, let's have a drink. Let's eat these leftovers. And this photographer and videographer are, like, right in my face. And I'm like, okay, okay, well, this is happening. And he just had a bunch of pictures of us set up with the candles and just eat, kind of each stage and progression of our relationship. And um, he did a little spiel. He gave me a rose, which those who watched the engagement video probably thought it was like a bachelor bachelorette scene, you know, like, will you accept this rose? Definitely, definitely not. Uh, He had given me one, one rose one time prior in our relationship. And I am really bad at like compliments or nice gestures. And it was the start of our relationship on a Valentine's day. And he gave me one rose and chocolate And I froze and he got so embarrassed, he threw the flower away. Like it was that bad. So (laughs) Bryce, I'm telling you, looking back, I feel so bad for him. Wait, what (laughs) did you do that made him want to throw the flower away though? I didn't say thank you or anything. I I was on the phone with my mom and I just turned and like walked the other way. Like I panicked. So he got embarrassed and was like, forget it, forget it, forget it. So when he proposed to me, that's the only other time he's ever given me a flower of any sort and he's like hopefully this ends better than last time and so we were dying laughing but um so that's how we did it we did it with family and he ended up having my family from Kansas City drive down and all of his family from Springfield and they were waiting in the garage and then we all went out but it's a long exaggerated story of how he proposed to me (laughs) that's very cute the videographer and the photographer I feel like is a great idea because I, I see, obviously, photographers, like, hiding in bushes and stuff, or maybe somebody will ask their friend, but, like, I love candid moments, just like everybody loves candid moments. Like, that's a, always a good thing to plan, gentlemen, is to do something like Dylan did it. Yeah, shout out to all, to all the boyfriends out there. Take notes. Videographer and photographer, I, you can't go wrong, because everything is in the moment. You're so, like, I'm pretty sure I blacked out, don't remember half of it. <laughs> But the photos in the video, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I did walk in with leftovers. Oh my gosh, I, I did freeze and you had to drag me to where you proposed. Oh, our family was all there. You know, just stuff like that. Yeah. It's interesting also on here to listen to other people's proposal stories and just like how much planning or like, 
not planning went into certain things. You know, everybody has their own way of doing things and everybody wants different things. So like you're not always going to get the fireworks or like the roses everywhere. You know, sometimes it's just like what you want to do with your family and with your significant other. I think that's really cute too. Like having the families together as well. So you can all celebrate. Yeah. Uh, that was my one request. I didn't I didn't want some big extravagant production. I just truly wanted our closest people to be able to like share the love, I guess. Yeah. And you said that you guys are both from Kansas City, but different states. Also, why are there two Kansas cities that close to each other? I will never know. It's very confusing. So he's from Springfield, Missouri. We're both from Missouri. I'm from uh, oh, okay. Kansas City, Missouri, but they do have they have Kansas City, Kansas and Kansas City, Kansas or Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, they do. And they're like far too close to each other. Yeah, it's it's stupid. I don't know <laughs> whoever came up with that. <laughs> so why did you guys decide to move and buy a house in Arizona? Is it because of your mom or is it because you guys like he trains out there also during off season? So if it was up to Dylan, honestly, we would probably be in Missouri, specifically like where he grew up, Springfield, Missouri ish, like somewhere within that area. And like him and I, to give reference, we're two and a half hours apart, like hometowns. Okay. But um, the reasoning for picking Arizona was more or less, I kind of told him, like, we can live kind of wherever until we bring children into this world. I think I really, I adore his mom. Sweet, sweet woman, love her to death. But there's something about, like, your mother as a, as a female that I feel like whenever we bring children into the world... I will want like my mom to be near. And my parents had already moved out to Arizona. I love the sun. I love the warmth. It was just kind of like a, let's just, let's just do it. It's a new start for us. Why not? And he jumped on board and then the perfect house fell into place. And so there was really nothing other than him and I deciding let's just live somewhere different. And then obviously my parents are, are near. So... Yeah. I mean, and you're close to a lot of different things over there. Like the drive to any of those states is like very easy and California is super close. Wait, what, what part of Arizona did you say? We're in Scottsdale. And that's like, was that like six hours, five hours from California or from like LA? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like five and a half. I haven't been, but I'm pretty sure it is. I've got a girlfriend who lives over there and then my parents have flown, but like the flight is like under an hour. It's like 45 minutes. It's not bad at all. And then you have Vegas right there, too. And a lot of the guys come out to California to train. So, like, it's the perfect location. Yeah. Oh, I love it so far. I told him, I was like, I will be buried here. Like, (laughs) this is where it's at. I got the mountains. I got the sunshine, the palm trees, the dry heat. Thank God it's not humid. Yep. Where does he train during off-season? Does he just train in Arizona? Or does he, like, travel to different places to work out with different people? So, last off-season... He trained out here in Arizona, um, which was really his first off season of like, generally speaking, being healthy and not Mm -hmm. like rehabbing with a, with a team, so to speak, but he'll train out here in Scottsdale again this year. Okay. And are you guys doing anything fun for this off season? I know that you are now a real estate agent you're working with your mom and your sister I saw that on your story but then I was like looking for it again and I was like oh I must have just seen it on her story so are you guys doing anything like that before you go like all right back into work mode are you work mode now yeah no that's a great question so we have um a couple like small you know small trips like weekend trips here and there we're going to Dallas next weekend for one of our close friends they're like having a gender reveal so we're making a weekend trip out of it Nothing like too big, but we got, so we got married in 2020. Everything was closed. So no honeymoon, (laughs) you know, and we are finally two years later going to take our honeymoon this, uh, June into July. So we're, that will be like our big trip that we're pretty stoked about. Do you guys know where you're going? We do. So we are going to go to Greece and we're going to go to Turkey. So we're going over to Europe for a couple weeks and we're going to hit just some fun spots over there, do some outdoor, outdoor activities. You know, I mean, your typical just Greece experience, Turkey. I haven't seen as many people who have gone to Turkey, but we're going to go to Istanbul for a little bit and then Cappadocia. 
Have you guys just always wanted to go to those two places? Like what? Because that seems, you know, everybody, Bora Bora, Maldives, like on the water, you get like, no, Greece and Turkey. Not like Greece isn't surrounded by water, but still. Yeah. So Greece has been on my radar. I really wanted to do Italy, which we will. Um, just not right now. It's still with the times and everything. It's just the restrictions. I, I want us to be able to fully experience wherever it is that we go. And so I felt like, okay, what's maybe over in the area that I would never have looked at, you know, to, to visit or to see or to experience. And our travel agent had actually suggested Turkey. And then I know a girl who went. And so I was like, okay, let me look into it a little bit. And I was like, super unique, probably would never do it if we weren't going to Greece or somewhere else over in Europe. Mm. And so that's just kind of, there's no reasoning behind Turkey. Greece, I've always, it's been on my, my forefront of top couple places. I have heard Bora Bora is beautiful in Maldives and whatnot, but maybe down the line. That's, those are the places that in Bali. I feel like are the two places that are like very Instagrammable that everybody is like Bali on a budget, like Bora Bora on a budget. I'm like, girl, I've looked at those places that is not on a budget. Like my parents are probably like, yeah, we'll go to Mexico and like have an overwater <laughs> bungalow because it's way cheaper and just as beautiful. I know. I'm like, I don't know what budgets these people are going off of, but that that's not my budget. I, I love doing a house flips gift store shopping that that's that's a budget to me this trip is not a budget I know and like NFL couples are saying that so like you know it's a little bit ridiculous like the that lifestyle is a very you know not everybody who goes there is even rich it's like just a thing that I feel like everybody has seen that they want to do but there's so many other beautiful equally as beautiful places for a lot cheaper if you just look I couldn't agree more I'm like, as long as I'm fed some good food, as long as I can have some decently warm weather, and as long as I can do some outdoor activities, sign me up. I'm good. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are, I mean, obviously. So let's go into actually one of the things that you do, one of your businesses, and you are a fitness instructor, right? And you write plans and also let women on Instagram and social media know hey, we're all different. Like you actually put in your post, like my body is different. I don't like have the teeny tiny waist and the big butt that apparently is in now. Like you are more of just like, I don't know, like the difference of the build, how everybody says it, but your body is different than other people's bodies. And that's okay. Like you don't have to look the same as everybody else. You can still be fit and athletic and have a different body than other people. Yes. Oh, fitness is my passion. I love it. It's, it's just like my niche. I love everything about it. I love talking about it, helping people become more fit, whatever that looks like in their eyes. And once, um, let's see, kind of really once the pandemic hit, you know, everybody's resorted to kind of having to be at home and be isolated. And I think people struggled with sedentary lifestyles more than, than ever, And I went back and forth because you see things that are like fads. I mean, fad diets, Uh, Instagram, you could find a person that teaches fitness. I mean, every single click, you know, oh, this person's doing it. This person's doing it. They're doing it. And it's like, do I really want to just suffocate the Instagram feed by being another one of those people? And finally, I was just like, you know what, this is, I've, what my passion has really always been. People don't want to come along on that journey, so be it. If they do, great, but I'm not really here to, I guess, so to speak, please anybody. And it just turned into my own little little business that I, I love and cherish, and everybody is so unique. And I think that when you wholeheartedly are like in the most least conceited way possible, but like in love with yourself, and just how you were made, you can thrive. And so that's kind of my goal with with the fitness program is, yes, I I help program your workouts, and I teach you kind of the tools to navigate a lifestyle on your own that help you to be the most successful and to accommodate how you live day in and day out. And um, it's just, it's neat to see how people like take things, you know, and they're like, oh, well, this was my favorite part. Or I, I didn't know how to even go into the gym and use a squat rack. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I love it. <laughs> 
Well, and you being an ex-collegiate athlete, there maybe I'm biased as well as an ex-collegiate athlete, but you grow up doing these movements. They're more natural for you than other people. And that's not to say that those people aren't fit. I was looking at a commercial, I think, and they were doing it for like a gym and the people were like shuffling and it looked like not super athletic and not super fluid, but it's like, I can't just sit there and code and like do math off the, off the top of my head. Like they are different people. Some people just aren't the most coordinated people. It doesn't mean that they're not fit, that they're not trying and they're not like into fitness like that. They're just people are very different. And so, like you said, you can see this on Instagram and maybe people who don't know the movements will look and be like, oh, this person is thin. They probably know what they're talking about. But you'll probably agree with me when it's a lot of young girls posting things where Generally, you're probably not completely full, filled out as a woman yet. Like you haven't had a kid yet. Like you are just small, period. Or I'll see like them, you probably have seen this, doing planks and their back is bowed so that it pops out their butt and like makes their waist look small. I'm like, yeah. you will F up your back like that. So people are doing these things and they're probably creating problems, not knowing that this, you shouldn't do it like this. This is a, isn't attainable for you or your body type. Yes. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I, I completely relate to that. And just like functional movement, you know, people have never picked up a barbell or are petrified to walk into the gym. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's break this down. One, why are you scared? You know, what, what are your struggles around that? Is it you're afraid people are going to look at you? Is it afraid you don't know what you're doing? Is it you're going to hurt yourself? You're going to injure yourself? Like fitness is so much more than, uh, it's cliche, but like the physical side, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, do my workouts and you'll get a big booty and a small waist. It's like, but that's there's so much more like maybe it's just your your mental outlet for an hour for you to just kind of step away from your work life and for you to just have an hour of peace a peace of mind or maybe it is for you to maximize your strength or for you to want to want to feel confident in your body maybe it is physical you know I'm not saying it's not but there's a lot more to it than just I want my body to look a certain way. And you probably, you kind of were leading into this also saying like a functional movement and I was nodding my head because now I feel like I'm doing more like less, oh, I'm just going to run. That's the only cardio because playing soccer, like that was the only form of cardio that I considered cardio, not like hit or anything, which I'm doing now, but also functional movements, like slow controlled movements to like actually hone the muscles. And I swear when I was doing that, I effed up my knee. I don't know. Something is wrong with it, (laughs) but I'm like, really this one time in my life where I'm literally almost doing nothing and I'm hurting myself, but functional movements and how important they are for everybody just to move your body. And so you can grow old and not ache but also you talking about people afraid to go into the gym and I think anybody who makes fun of somebody let's say who looks out of shape or who's like a little overweight at the gym like they are there they're doing what they need to do to make to get to where they want to be I feel like like to make fun of somebody like that or to call somebody out or maybe take like the secret videos that some people do is like why are you trying to beat somebody when they are trying to better themselves it's so low I hate it I hate it I just feel like the world needs more good people and we never know what somebody's going through ever. Yeah. Like only surface level. And even if you do know somebody, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And I think the gym is like a, an amazing place to give compliments in the right way. You know, it's not like, oh, this girl's in the middle of her set and I'm some, some creepy guy who's going to come up and compliment her. But like yep. girl to girl compliments, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but... I think nothing goes further than a female complimenting a female. There was, for example, it's kind of silly, but there was a girl who I had seen consecutively in the gym. This was last summer, and she was very pregnant, like probably, I would guess, like eight months at this point. She was in there rocking her leggings and her freaking sports bra doing cable rows, and I walked up to her like after she was done, and I like tapped her on the arm and she's like, hello. And I was like, you're killing it. Like, good for you. I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but you're rocking your, your pregnant belly and a sports bra and you're in here getting a workout in. And I 
left and told Dylan, I was like, I hope, I hope that made her day. You know what I'm saying? Like just to give female to female a compliment. And yeah, I agree. People who, people who shame those who are at least trying to do something in the gym. It's like that, that ain't it. That ain't it. (laughs) (laughs) That ain't it. And no, was it, I mean, honestly, I didn't look into it, but you know, the pregnant or the pregnant photo of Rihanna walking out in public, like with, that was because of that, right? Cause she was showing her belly and not like trying to hide the fact that she's pregnant and you gain weight when you're pregnant because there's literally more weight inside of your body. (laughs) You're growing another human. It's the nature of it. I think, I don't know why I even thought about that. Like just now, like it's not just the weight that you're putting on to grow the human, the human weighs something. And that human is also inside of you. You're carrying a weight in your belly. (laughs) Yes. You're gaining weight. Dude. Women are, women are something else. I mean, I, I have not had a kid. I am not pregnant. I, I do not have children, but I'm like, Ooh, we are, we are like bomb. We are good. I mean, men, men have their fair share of, of like specialties, but women bring something to the table that men cannot bring. The more that I look at, you know, I follow the, a lot of these NFL women now on the podcast page. Um, so I'm looking and it's mothers and mothers posting things about like, oh, how the snapback look like when your stomach snaps back after pregnancy is like a, a harmful thing to women because you can't help it. Like you may be working out just as much as the other person, but again, your body is different. You don't have a snapback. Maybe you get stretch marks. Maybe you don't get stretch marks. You get loose skin instead of that. Like seeing how your body, some moms look and they're like, wow, like she has the best mom bod. Like the other person maybe can't help what their mom bod looks like. So why is one better than the other? And you're flaunting the one that still looks closest to what they looked like pre-pregnancy. Yeah, I think that's though. I think that's also where um, the media or television or just things that we see all the time, where yeah. it starts to skew perception. You know, like we're meant to look different. We're meant to have different looking features than the person next to us. Our hair looks different. Our bodies look different, and it's like, of course, everybody has like insecurities that maybe peak at certain times, or that like there's there's a day where you're like, ooh, you know, this is really kind of throwing me off, but. If you can wake up and be like, yeah, I do look different. I do like the way, you know, my hair looks today or my body or this or that or just whatever. It's like being different is so unique and so cool that we, for whatever reason, are are really in this like narrow scope of look this way, have features that look a certain, you know, fit a certain vibe, so to speak, Um, clothes, all that stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just me, but. Well, yeah, except I I think that we are becoming a little bit more accepting just by, even if you're seeing something on social media, you're like, oh, that like looks a little weird. That looks a little off. And then you see it again and you see it again and you see it again and slowly it becomes more normalized to where you're like, yeah, like that's, that's just on my feed now. Like I don't like they're using a lot of, I, I walked into Target. They're using older women to model bras that older women wear it's like there oh, are older no people way. in the world yeah like she she had gray hair now you know she's probably 60 so she's still young but yeah. like the fact that they're doing that like 50 to 13 year olds like aren't the only people wearing clothes like there are still other people in this world that need to be marketed and represented as well that's pretty cool I didn't know that they do a good job with that target does a lot of stuff like that and the things that like we're most insecure about somebody would never bat an eye at twice, you know, ever. It's like, we are too hard on ourselves and I, mm -mm, nope, gotta go. (laughs) Like I was the person who I have extremely hairy arms. I shave them now just cause it's like, mm -mm, and it looks a little bit cleaner, Uh but I would like keep it in high school. And somebody was like, why don't you just shave that? I'm like, cause I am making a point that this doesn't bother me and that you don't bother me. Like (laughs) it was me just being spiteful. And like, that's how still I'm like, you know, who cares? I'm not going to look at it. I'll make fun of myself before somebody can do it to me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's the confidence, right? I've always had fake confidence. And then slowly you're like, huh, you start believing it. So that's my advice to people. Like, how do you become more confident? Fake it. And just like, I'll be like, wow, I look really hot today. Or like around my mom. And she's like, oh my God, you're so conceited. It's <laughs> a joke. But then you're like, oh, I look nice. I do look nice today. Yep. Um, so we talked about fitness. Let's go into this new endeavor that you've taken on, which is you're in real estate now. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. That's like very, very new. So I 
Dylan jokes about it all the time jokes about it with me all the time, but I am a very busy body and I probably just get it from my family and the environment that I was raised in. I love to always be pushed out of my comfort zone. I love to always be on the go and just like I'm maximizing my time, you know? And so my mother has been in real estate for, I mean, since she had me. So, well, really since she had my brother. So about 26 years, 25 years. And once we moved out here, I, she had asked me, you know, like, hey, have you ever thought about getting your license? This was last December. I just had a lot on my plate. We were doing renovations. Dylan was, we had no idea where Dylan was going to be playing football. I was dealing with like my, my fitness business and I really wanted to like give my whole, like everything I have to that. And I was like, eh, I've thought about it, but just now it's like really not the time. Fast forward, my younger sister is about to graduate college. She also, her and my brother actually went to Missouri State as well. So she's the youngest of the three of us and she's about to graduate in May and she's going to move out here and get her real estate license. So my mom, my sister and I were just like kind of bouncing ideas off of each other and I'm like, you know, once again, maybe this is me personally, but I love supporting like small businesses, family owned it's just, I think with the times that are changing, it's like we like to give back to those who are, it, it's, it's hard to run a family-owned business. And I was like, what if us three, this is really more so my mom's idea, but she's like, what if you, me, and your sister, it was just like a women's deal, you know, like us three girls, let's just do it. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, sure. Let me kind of sift through the parts of, of who tackles what. My mom's like, well, if you ended up wanting to get your license, then we could just all three be real estate agents and just kind of go full throttle in this together. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. So I'm starting to take my classes now. I don't have my license yet, but I'm doing more of the back end stuff at the moment, like the creative side, the business cards, the, the generating ideas. My sister until she graduates is kind of tackling most of the social media. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. It will be something totally totally different than anything I've done, but I think Scottsdale's a good place for it. My mom's done it for a long time, and I mean, it's family. It's family business, so I, I know they say sometimes don't work with family, but I'm like, if it's us girls, now my brother, my dad, there's no, there's no way. I would never. I'd be like, yeah, count me out. <laughs> count me out, but I think it's good to, to have stuff to kind of fill my time as well, and then mm-hmm. God forbid, whenever football does come to an end, because it will, you know, um, Dylan will hopefully have a plethora of options and I'll already kind of have a few different niche niches and stuff and opportunities that just can carry right in post football life. And you, you get your real estate license for like a certain, just a certain state, right? Like that's how it works. Yes. So I'll get it just for Arizona. Like my mom had hers in Missouri for 26 years, 25 years, came out here and then had to get relicensed, um, in the state of Arizona. Would you still be moving with Dylan? Is that what you're planning on doing? Keeping your, uh, fitness business and doing the real estate as well when you come back? Yes. So I will still move with Dylan. And the, the idea right now is I may not be as heavy on like, you know, doing showings and a ton of the hands-on stuff. Whereas my mom and my sister permanently will be out here, which that was kind of what was having me teeter. Like, is this worth it right now? Is it not worth it right now? But once you have your license, you can just, I mean, you have to pay dues and stuff annually and whatnot, but I'll have it for forever. So I'm like, now is a good time to do it. It's an off season. We do not have a family yet. We do not have kids. So if I do that now, kind of how my mom did it, you know, before she had children, she can keep that all the way through. I'll do the same. And then whenever football does end and whether that's a year, five years, you know, it's like, okay, I've already got that in the bag and now I can just be here all the time doing this kind of full time. It's very cool that you, I mean, also very, I guess, probably inconvenient for you that you did all of this when it was so crazy with you guys in the league this year, but it's very cool that you're setting something up now because I know that like, for me, it's been difficult for me to like, okay, what am I going to figure out? Like, what am I going to do 
permanently and all that stuff when like we're moving and we don't even like have a living situation we just got a place but it's like how much more should I tackle before I finally like complete all this other stuff but the fact that you're doing two of those things you're moving all around you're able to like make sure that you have everything in order because you know Dylan just has to go that's very cool and I'm sure it was very stressful like even for a busybody you took on a lot this last year yeah without a doubt it is but I try my hardest to set aside time for myself, my interests. And it took, now, I don't want that to get twisted to where it's like, oh, you know, she's got it all together. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And this is year five, completed year five. So going into hypothetically year six of the NFL. And I can assure you, really years one, two, three, and probably yeah probably the first three years I was lost because it's football 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 how's the boyfriend the fiance you know at the time what's where's he at what's this is he injured blah 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 it's like okay you know I mean family would ask about like how spouses or how the girlfriends are and it's like okay am I just like a shadow like should I be doing something should I not do I follow do I stay there's no book on how to be a significant other or spouse to a professional male athlete in the league. And so I think over time, Dylan and I have really figured it out. And I still have my sense, I guess, of independence and identity in things that interest me. And I think I've been probably a better spouse this past year because I've given time to myself and to fill up my my cup so that I can pour into his and like yeah I don't know I think that's I mean that's really cool because leading into you talking about how there's no handbook and that's that was the motivation that Allison had for starting this initially my you know Allison anger from the from the Texans when we were actually all still together (laughs) um but that was her motivation. There is no handbook. And like even having this podcast and talking to different people, like I could have a handbook for each one of the episodes from each of the different ladies. But just hearing that we all have had such different stories. We come from different places. We are different people, but we are still kind of arriving at the same place, which is finding what we want to do, what we're good at doing and bettering ourselves, And also that makes a better relationship for you and your significant other, especially in this time where everything is like, go, go, go. So you talking about the progression of you guys, like taking this year in strides and like ultimately looking back, oh, this has been a great year for us. Everything worked out great in the end. Didn't seem like it during the time. And you talking about being a better spouse this last year, what advice would you give to a rookie wife or girlfriend coming into the league next year in 2022? I love this question. And before I answer, this will like lead me into answering the question. One of the girls that I met on the Titans, um, she was probably the girlfriend that I was like the closest with during our time there this past season. Her fiance is a rookie. I knew her fiance Mm -hmm. from just childhood. I never knew her. But I had messaged her at the very, very beginning of football season. Okay, keep in mind, Dylan and I were not with the team. I knew that she was with the Titans, but we had no idea we would end up in Nashville. But I felt compelled one evening just to reach out to her. And I was like, hey, you have no idea who I am, but I know your fiance. Um, If you ever just have questions kind of about the NFL, I by no means know everything or probably half of the things, but I wish I would have had somebody to, to, to help me our rookie year. I think it would have made things just more enjoyable, more relaxed, not walking into a blind situation. And sure enough, we ended up getting picked up by the Titans. And I finally met her in person. We had messaged back and forth all season until we got picked up by the, by the Titans. And I was like, what are the odds? It was like a God thing, honestly. And she's like, oh my goodness. But so to answer your question, I think I can answer this well after meeting her and talking to her as a rookie female. My biggest piece of advice would be to one, 
go into the rookie season holding true to yourself. As in, there are no standards of what you have to present yourself as, you know, to be a NFL female, like be true to yourself. If that means you like to work out and you like to wear athletic clothes, you work out, you wear athletic clothes. You like to get all fancy and look cute and do your makeup, get all fancy, do your, look cute, do your makeup. Um, if you want to be a boss girl and go out and work a nine to five and not travel with your spouse, be a boss girl. So I think staying true to like your identity and yourself because you can get lost in this false sense of, I guess, reality. Um, and my second, my second piece of advice would be to put yourself out there and ask questions. Reach out to women who have been there for a while. Or maybe it's just somebody you feel like is friendly. Because if you're isolated, a lot of these rookie women come in straight from college. A lot of times where, you know, you're, you're working a job, you're going to school taking 15 hours, 16 hours, I don't know how many. Sometimes you're an athlete for our case. And it was a rude awakening for me. I'll speak on my behalf. I felt very confused, like having free time for a period of time, living in a new state, having no girlfriends. These guys walk in and are instantly surrounded by at minimum, you know, after active roster, 53 guys. Mm -hmm. So you got, you have friends, they do team dinners and you're sitting there and you're like, what just slapped me across the face? Because I am not doing much. So I think if I would have had the ability to just be a little bit more outgoing my rookie season and ask questions to the older women and found like my niche, my, my group of girls sooner, it would have been so much more enjoyable so that's probably like my two big things It's just find, stay true to yourself and then put yourself out there. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking also to, like reaching out or following different women who are like potential draft pos- prospects, like who are with significant others. So that like that doesn't happen, potentially won't happen or like somebody will be like, hey, I saw this podcast. I saw this Instagram. You might want to listen to this just to hear how other women are dealing with the whole process. No, I, I love that. And I joke around all the time. I'm like, we need like a rookie handbook or a rookie yes, like yes. tutorial, like for all of the women in the leaks. Cause some teams, I know that we were blessed when we were with the Texans in the sense, like we had the lady Texans and the McNairs tried really hard to, to kind of integrate the females, but different teams don't do things. Some teams do more, some te- teams do less, some teams do nothing. And, um, I think that the women play a very big role. It's just different. And yeah, I, I like that you are reaching out to potential uh, like draft prospects or people who will be on the team on a team somewhere next season. I, I like that. Yeah. And I think there's I've had like a good amount of guests where somebody can relate to at least one of these women. You know, we've I've had like people who were significant others of high draft prospects, like some who came in as undrafted free, like some who've been released on practice squad. Hello. Um, (laughs) So just like so many different experiences where you can actually look and be like, wow, that kind of, that's what I feel like I can relate to the most or what I thought it was going to be like when really it's different. But you, you throughout this whole episode have been talking about everything turns out into a positive, which is a great like thing to look back on and be able to do, but I know not a lot of people are able to do, especially after hearing how they rate their experience. But how would you rate your overall NFL experience after year five? Oh my gosh. Let me think <laughs> about this. That's a, that's a good question. Overall, if, if we're going like scale one to 10, I would say there's not much to complain about. Like I wholeheartedly have to give it like a solid probably nine out of 10. And I'll say why. I'll say why. (laughs) Because Dylan's getting to live out like his absolute lifelong dream. I mean, if he could go to a Super Bowl, probably make it 10 out of 10. That's like every guy's dream, you know? Snap, yes, yes. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But I mean, for that being like my, my ranking of my, our experience, I think it's allowed us to, be in a position financially that is different than what it would be if him and I were both working a standard nine to five job. 
keep in mind, he wasn't drafted. He's gone through a handful of injuries. We could look at uh, a plethora of players and be like, well, they have so much more than we do. And there are people on the opposite end who were like, probably would love to be in our shoes to be able to play five years. So it's, it's all about perspective, but I think it has forever allowed us to be one step of, ahead of where we would have been if football would have never happened. So watching Dylan get to live out his dream, us being in a financial position that we wouldn't have had, and then to just get the experiences of meeting so many different people from different parts of the you know, the the states, it's pretty miraculous. And it has pushed me personally outside of my comfort zone, I think helped like develop me into the woman that I am. I mean, when you go to different states, you got to make friends, you got to, you got to just, if you don't do it, nobody's doing it for you. So overall, I have, I have nothing but really positive things to say about the league. Dylan couldn't have gotten hurt. (laughs) That's probably it. But I would say, yes, that's a plus. Everybody would want that. Take that back. Nine out of 10. That's a good, that's a good rating. Yeah. Have you had anybody who's given a 10 out of 10? No, I've, I've had, I think like, I don't remember if it was like a two out of 10 or like a two out of five, but I had somebody say that because it it was the same situation where it's like multiple times being released during a season, moving, trying to start a family, like the whole thing. This is actually episode 10 with Mackenzie Skipper. Um, she was just being a realist about it, which I love. I'm like, you For know, sure. not everybody has a great experience. Not everybody looks back on it fondly. And it's really hard sometimes, especially when you're in it. You know, maybe years from now, you're like, oh, yeah, that was really cool that we did that. But, like, when you're in it, you're like, woof, this is rough. Yeah, no, everybody – and that's the thing that's different about everybody. And, I mean, there's some people who probably – I mean, shoot, I don't know. We've had a lot of very, very, very high highs, and we've had mm-hmm. a handful of low lows. I mean, where Dylan and I are sitting there both crying, fresh out of surgery from him, you know, tearing something. Or here we go again. Here's surgery number four or five, and I'm wheeling him across the neighborhood to go on a walk. But I think in the big picture we have been – absolutely nothing short of blessed and I just we can't complain we have very little complaints it's all about perspective yes I like that you can look at somebody else but you know their situation you don't know the whole picture you don't know what they're going through yes for sure Okay, so we talked all about how Nina and Dylan have a very fun, loving, and they are really best friends in their relationship, but how Nina takes all of the stuff that they've gone through and has flipped it into something positive coming into year six, and about how she has made something for herself and paved a path while this, while in this experience, which is primarily about our men. So thank you for coming on and talking with me, Nina, about all things NFL and your life. Bryce, thank you so much. I can't thank you um, enough, really, to have just me, a little regular, normal Arizona gal, come on and talk to you for the past hour and, hour and ten or so. But um, it's funny how things full circle. Who knows? You know, we, we may meet again. Dude, we might. We very well might. We might be hitting some Pilates, some downward dogs while the guys are at practice. Girl, yeah, you got to whip me in shape. I am not what I used to be. I told you about my knees, so we'll see. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to, to have me on. Of course. Thank you for listening to episode 26 of the NF Ladies podcast with guest Nina Cole. My intro and outro music called Not Ready Yet is written, produced, and sung by my friend Kira Grove. Again, my name is Bryce Watts, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.